So we have been doing this series on on the one and others. In, in other words, the reciprocal life, how we minister to one another. And today's topic is bearing one another's burdens. And because we live in a fallen world and we're mere mortals, humans, we need others and as others need us. And so we're going to be talking today about bearing one another's burdens. Hi, this is Eric Hurd, and my podcast is called Relationships by the Book. So why that title? Well, I lived 18 years of my life apart from God, apart from His Word. And my family was one of the most dysfunctional families to grow up in, and we didn't understand relationships. And when I came to know Christ, it absolutely transformed me from the inside out. And I began to understand God's wisdom because I dug into His Word and I saw how much He had to say about relationships. I've been a pastor now for over 45 years, and so this podcast is really an accumulation of the wisdom God's given me in relationships that I want to share with you. Welcome back to the podcast. Good morning, Eric Hurd. Good morning, Michael Sachs. What's going on? Well, I'm just sitting in your office, just enjoying a time with you, sipping my hot tea, And uh, but I was a little disappointed I don't see any burritos. You didn't bring my breakfast burritos, and I was looking forward to that burrito uh, with the salsa, kind of give a little kick in the morning. I let you down. I'm sorry. Well, you know, you're, you're not bearing my burden. You know, <laughs> my burden is, uh, is hunger. So did you switch to tea? You're normally a coffee guy. I am normally a coffee guy, but uh, there is a, a Starbucks tea that I just, oh, it's called the medicine ball. It's a <laughs> citrus honey kind of green tea mix, and it is so good. Nice. It's addictive. All right. So I am drinking that. So uh, you said we're talking about bearing one another's burdens. Yeah, you know, we're doing this series on reciprocal life. And uh, and what I love is, it, is we're going through this. These are such practical handles. You know, if you think about, again, the greatest commandment is to love one another. Well, you know, that can be nebulous. You know, a lot of people, well, well how do I love? Well, what the reciprocal passage passages do is give us direct contact with what love looks like. In fact, in, in Galatians 2.1, it says, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. What is the law of Christ? Love. When I sit and, 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 and think about this area, I go, we live in a fallen world. We are mere mortals. We can't do everything. And there are times in our lives where we're going through a crisis or stress or a trial. And to do it alone just will not work. In fact, that's often what drives people to depression, is that they're alone in their burdens. And so the concept of bearing one another's burdens is, is such a strong act of love. Mm-hmm. Now, <clears throat> now that's you, so you're talking about, uh, you mentioned, you know, when someone is going through this. What about when someone continuously is going through? Okay. <laughs> You know, it's so funny. You bring up early on in our conversation something that, uh, again, Galatians 6, 5 speaks to. And it says this, each one should bear his own load 
And uh, the word um, is, is fortion, uh, the Greek word. And what it means is there are individual burdens that we carry. Like there's individual responsibilities that we have. Like nobody uh, is responsible for my, my moral life. Nobody's responsible for my spiritual disciplines. These are things I have to step into. But the idea of bearing a burden is there's certain things I simply cannot do alone. Like, you know, when you think of uh, losing a loved one, you know, so, so I'm just going to rough it out. I'm just going to, you know, work through the grief by myself. God never intended us to do that. So, so you bring up this tension. God is not calling us to, into codependent relationship where I, I put all my burdens upon another person because I don't want to take personal responsibility. So it's not, that's not what this verse is saying. It's saying there are things in life in which we step up and help another person. We help carry that load. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. <clears throat> and I mean, you can think of things where you, you go, man, I was so glad when so-and-so showed up. It seems like there's, there's two sides to that coin in my mind, that some people are, are readily willing to ask for help and maybe yes. ask too often and others won't ask. Oh, yeah, it's the rugged individualist and, and, and the, what, what would you call somebody who constantly needs help? Needy. Needy. Yeah. Needy. And so, so yeah, you don't want to go to either extreme. Yeah, there's extreme. So there's, there's certainly people in the middle. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, it's, uh, you know I, I think about so many things in which I am grateful for people that stepped up. You know, like, like, like for me, um, we've bought and sold 12 homes. And it's been so interesting. In each home, when we were moving, there were always friends that were willing to step up and say, hey, I'll help you. Mm. And, and I mean, gosh, when you're moving, and especially the, by the way, I'm very old, Michael. And so the older you get, it exhausts you to move because you, you accumulate so much stuff, yeah. you know, as you get older. And so moving becomes more burdensome. But it's so relieving when somebody says, hey, I can, I can help you with that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. You know, what's interesting about that is it's not only the people that step up, but you, you kind of know in your mind... This is someone I could call and ask, hey, yeah. you know, would you do a mindless job? Like I like asking someone to move a piece of furniture, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not tapping into your your experience and your wealth of knowledge. I'm, I'm, I just need some, you know, some manpower, right? And so there takes a, some humility for that person to go, yeah, I'll help you move. Yeah. And, and see, I, like I have a, a close friend. His name's John. And, uh, and one of the things that we discovered is we really, in, in the bearing one another's burdens, we love just hanging out together. Right. So, so we use that burden bearing it's, as a time to grow deeper. Mm, yep. So, so like um, uh, he was a, a guy that um, <laughs> he knew that my closet in our, in our yeah. bedroom was not big enough. Uh, uh, Debbie had all her clothes. And so mine were in a, a temporary bag and and we found this space, and he said, hey, I'll help you b build a closet. Well, it became something bigger than I thought it was going to be. You know, we call it the Tajma closet. Yep. But, uh, but what was so cool about the project is we worked day in and day out during the pandemic, and we laughed, got to know each other better. And, and, and I mean, when that, that thing was finished, yeah, it was accomplished. But I think the real benefit 
was the was the fellowship, the relationship, the bonding that takes place when you bear one another's burdens. I mean, you you think again, you've uh, you've lost friends, family, and uh, when you're grieving, you remember the people that were just there. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, so many people. I, I think you know through you know as, as as I lost family members and friends that just uh, came alongside, didn't have an agenda, didn't you know, uh, didn't um, uh, talk a lot. They just were there. And those are people you don't forget. It's kind of a ministry of, pre- not kind of, it's a ministry of presence. Yeah. Like, you, you know, you go back to the story again of Job. I mean, Job's friends did it right. In you know, Job 1, they came to him in sackcloth and ashes, which is a way of, of, of demonstrating sorrow and, and grief. And they came and they sat down for a week and literally the Bible said they said nothing. And, and, and that's bearing the load. That is bearing the burden of another. Hmm. Now, when we were, last week you left us with the, you know, the idea that we were going to be talking with bearing one another. I thought we were going to be talking about more of this, just like the day-to-day annoyances and character defects of, of each other. Is that kind of fit into this topic, or is that a separate topic? That's a little bit separate topic, and, and uh, I, I, I think I almost set it up that way. But, you know, really when you look at the concept of bearing one another, it, it really is more than, you know, um, than, you know uh, just the annoyances of another person. Like, like in, in 1 Corinthians 13, it says, you know, love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. So what does that word bear mean? It, 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 it means to tolerate to accept, to embrace. So it's a, it's a more umbrella type of concept, you know, and, uh, and you know, and so um, I bear with another person's idiosyncrasies or maladies. You know, like, um, you know, some people have certain um, aspects to their character or their phys- physicality where you have to help them. Mm-hmm. So, um, like, I remember uh, we went to uh, Italy with a group of people and there was a guy that um, uh, because of, of uh, uh, athletics and and his age and all that he's got a deteriorating back and we had to help him throughout the trip he didn't ask but I saw the group just step up that's bearing mm-hmm. you know and and you know uh, sometimes there's uh, things like uh, we had a kid in my youth group who had Tourette's syndrome and uh, and his his parents expressed to me he had severe Tourette's, so he would go into these uh, verbal tirades, and and he would use profanity. Mm-hmm. And so, what would bearing one another look like? Well, he didn't ask for Tourette's. It's a phys- it's a it's a you know brain issue, and uh, and so I literally spoke to our students before he came into our group, and I said, guys. I might be in the middle of, of a sermon or there, we might be in the middle of worship and he's going to go off and he's going to say some things. It's not him. It's his brain working against him. So just bear with it. Mm-hmm. Okay? And, and what I loved in the four years, that kid was accepted and loved. And, and I mean, kids with someone, someone kind of laugh when he would go off, but they didn't judge him. They didn't expect him to be somebody he couldn't mm-hmm. see, and that's, that's hard to do sometimes. I mean, especially oh. when you're not real familiar with the person that has you know whatever going on. But right, 
But but you could take it to a, a smaller level. Like like for me, I'm a morning person. Did you, you kind of guess that over the 14 years we've known each other? Yeah, I'm a morning person. I'm not going to change. But for a non-morning person, that could be irritating. To bear with is is, is to carry that 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 burden. It's to not judge it, not not expect something else. And so, yeah, I think there's a broader spectrum of bearing one another or bearing one another's burdens. And it, it's that thing of accepting each other, not judging each other. Now, again, there is personal responsibility. Like if, if you know, from a moral standpoint, if, if I'm a gossiper, God's not asking you to bear with gossip. You, you need to confront that. It, you know, in, in Ephesians 4.25, lay aside falsehood, speak truth, mm-hmm. you know. And, and by the way, in that Galatians 6.2, you know, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Well, what does he talk right before there? He said, brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in sin, you who are spiritual should restore him gently, but watch yourself lest you be tempted. So, so God's not asking us not to expect personal responsibility out of each other, but he gives that flip side. But there are others that need you to help bear their burden. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a pretty easy one to grasp. I mean, uh, now it's not always easy to act on because we get, you know, we stumble into selfishness, laziness, whatever. Um, but I, I, <clears throat> I'd love to talk to you or ask you about the, the concept almost of like love is blind, right? So here's a funny example. Like I've got all these close buddies that when you get to know someone, you kind of know their issues. Mm-hmm. And then you, you look, you know, now we've kind of grown, buddies that have grown up with that are now married. And I look at their wives and I'm like, oh, you're a saint for marrying him, right? <laughs> yeah. I know he stinks. I know he is lazy. I know, you know, these things that their wives bear with, right? Yes. And the same is true for us with our wives, you know, as, as much of an angel as your daughter is, you know, yes. I put up with her. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. It's it, so tough. It's so hard. Gosh, it's the suffering that Jesus <laughs> no. called you into. I won the lottery with Crystal, but, um, everyone else. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, no, but she puts up with me, you know, yeah. I, I have my, like my things and when you live in close quarters we bear with one another and i love that little i guess old adage love is blind right so how do you know let yeah, me ask you about that yeah that's an interesting thing because now that now you're talking about a tension point love is blind well on one hand love love can't be too blind like like um like crystal so debbie for me is my wife one of the things again i so appreciate about her is i know where i stand She's not blind to my character flaws. She's not blind to my idiosyncrasies that are hurtful, or I'm 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 uh, uh, I'm just cavalier about. And and so she'll call me on things, and I need that. I'm a better man because I have a wife who's a truth teller. So in that way, she's not blind. Mm-hmm. But there's another beauty of of blind love, where I just look over. Yeah. I just let it go. And and I'll tell you, it is discernment and wisdom that knows what to do. Yeah. Because on some, I mean, there are certain times where you go, I wished I would have confronted or spoken the truth earlier. And then there's times, boy, I just did the right thing. I just let it go. Yeah. Like, you know... Um, Sometimes uh, a person can be chippy, you know, or they're they're just irritable. And and sometimes it's good to just sit on it for a little bit, 
let them calm down and go, hey, I just noticed that you were pretty irritated. What happened? Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden they start sharing. You go, okay, I'm so glad I didn't call them out. Like, hey, don't talk that way to me. Mm -hmm. You know, like like in, in everyday life and culture, you know, you might get a waiter or waitress that, you know, kind of goes, well, we don't carry that anymore. Mm -hmm. and, and you're going, wow, that was quite the response. But you have no idea what they've gone through. That's key right there. We, we, can, we never have the whole story, right? No. So sometimes love is blind where I just, I let it go. It's not, but, but see, this is where I, I love the Holy Spirit. Is that if I'm, you know, if I walk, like Galatians says, if I walk in the Spirit, I won't carry out the desires of the flesh. The desires of the flesh can be like, I want to be right. I want to be treated with dignity. I demand that you respect me. So a waiter is really chippy with me, and I go, hey, listen, bud, I pay for this meal, and I'm giving you a tip. So I'm paying you. I'm providing what you need. Mm. So don't talk to me that way. So I come off like that, mm -hmm. not even <clears throat> acknowledging this guy could have lost a loved one. This guy, uh, you know, could be losing his home. He's not making enough money. His his wife's leaving. It. I no. don't know. I don't know. So so there is this that phrase, and I'm really glad you brought it up. Love is blind. On one hand, I don't want to be naive, and just like blinded to you know real truth and the need to speak the truth. But on the other hand, I don't want to be cynical. And, and judgmental as if I know everything. Mm -hmm. So so it's a there's a beauty to the to that phrase, but it boy it takes discernment to know when to kind of blind yourself and let it go. So love chooses to be blind. Yes. Yes, that's it. And you know, like the, there was a phrase that came out of the Korean War and uh, my my dad, my stepdad fought in the Korean War and it was learn what hills are worth dying for. What hills? Yeah, and and where it came from is in Korea. It was not a well uh, strategic plan to win, and so like you know, the, my dad was a marine, stepdad, and and so there would be hills that they would take that would cost men's lives, and it had no strategic value. Yeah, and so you really have to pick and choose what you speak the truth on, because sometimes you just tr choose to love to bear with that person, let it go. Yeah, I've heard it said, choose your battles. Yeah, and, and another way he says, I'm not gonna be petty. Mm -hmm. I'm not gonna be judgmental. I'm gonna choose to love in this circumstance. Mm -hmm. and, and another another word that you know Christians use is grace. I'm gonna show that person grace. And by the way, um, one of my favorite pastors is Chuck Swindoll. And I love the day I, I heard him say, uh, you don't err on the side of grace. Really? He said, you either give, give grace or not. It may cost you. You may be naive. You know, a person might get away with something. But if you're showing grace, I mean, how many times has God shown us grace? Oh, so we do error to grace. We don't. No, when you show it, it's, it's like, um, well, that's so, so you, see, you see somebody who is homeless, and you give them a $10 bill and say, hey, get some lunch. And he goes and buys two beers. So have you have you been the fool? Somebody might go, well, gosh, what if they bought alcohol? That's a choice he may make. But you didn't err in giving him the $10. Okay, well, I, I see that, that 
I would articulate that differently because okay. error to caution, right? That means use caution. Error oh. to grace, I would that would in my mind, I would think that means use grace more so than not. Yeah. I just but what Chuck was saying is you don't err. Yeah. See, you just show grace. Show just grace. Show yeah. it. Cool. Just, whatever anybody does. It's like when you give somebody a gift and then you know, like a year and a half later, you know, uh you're uh you 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 see that the person re gifted the gift you gave them. <laughs> Okay, let it go. Yeah. That's what they chose to do with it. Sure. When you give something, it's it's now in their hands. Mm-hmm. But you have given. So let it go. Yeah, cool. And that's not easy. No. We want to control the gift. Yeah. And well now there are some relationships where um, you know, like that whole choosing to be blind, right? You know, maybe it's whatever relationship where you you know, some big thing or little thing where you just okay, I'm gonna choose to just see past that. No big deal. Show grace. Now, there are other relationships where it's like a daily choice, like probably more so marriage or siblings or your parent-child relationships. And um, is that something where in some cases we just need to walk it out and it's a lifelong journey? Yes. And and again, there's just so many, uh, because again, we live in a broken world, period. There are so many things that we've got to bear with. And because this is not heaven, in heaven we won't have to bear with anything, because mm-hmm. there will there will be no character flaws. There will be no physical, mental maladies. You know, um, there there are people that are hard to live with. I mean, you know, Debbie should get a trophy for living with me for forty two years. Right. I mean, I'm not easy to live with. That high energy, I'm loud, I'm obnoxious, I'm forgetful, I, I'm an extrovert, I schedule things I shouldn't, I busy her life. But man, she it's not like she's done it out of frustration. She just knows me mm-hmm. and she loves me. Bearing with somebody is some one of the most beautiful parts of love. And I'd love to give you one of my favorite illustrations of it. And uh, I was a uh, pastor for 20, or a, a youth pastor for 25 of the 48 years I'm been a pastor. And I remember in our youth group, there it was I was overseeing the junior high ministry. And there was a young guy, uh, Michael, who uh, had cancer. And it's so hard to see somebody young with cancer. And he had to go through chemo. And in his chemo, uh, he lost all of his hair. <laughs> it still gets me emotional. Every one of his guys in his small group shaved their head. And through the journey of his cancer, they kept their heads shaved until his hair grew back. Wow. And he went into remission. And then his cancer came back and he died. But I remember sitting those, uh, doing the memorial and seeing those guys and they loved Michael. And uh, that's bearing a burden that you would shave your head. Yeah, wow. Without question. And uh, to, to just walk it out with Michael. But that's a really cool story. I'm so glad you shared that with us. Yeah. Well, it's, it's one of the most beautiful uh, acts of love. Um, you know, I, I think uh, in the time frame of this podcast, we have uh, the uh, invasion of Russia into Ukraine. And the world has come to Ukraine's, you know, help. They're bearing the burden. You know, they're, they're bringing water and supplies to their own peril. See, sometimes bearing a burden may cost you your life. And the greatest, the greatest illustration of bearing burden 
is Christ. It's to lay down your love, yeah. You lay down your life, yeah. which he did for us. And he, but here's the thing. It was a, it's an intentional decision. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I go to the Garden of Gethsemane, I, t- I take tours to Israel. And one of my favorite places is the Garden of Gethsemane. And uh, why? Because it is the strategic environment from which people make the most courageous decisions. Because in that garden, we say, what is it? that God is asking you to let go of, to surrender. And, and when a person surrenders, then they're in the perfect position to bear one another's burdens because it's not about them anymore. Mm-hmm. Like you think back to what Christ called his followers into. He says, if anyone wishes to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. Christ was the greatest example of bearing one another's burdens. Because who did he who did he spend time with? Not the religious elite. He wasn't spending time with the rich people that had the best wine and best foods. No, he was with the lepers. Mm-hmm. He was with the adulterers. He he was with the lonely and the isolated. He was with tax gatherers, and he bore their burdens. And he calls us to do the same. And so that's why I love this series on reciprocal life, because it calls us into following in Christ's example, because he's our lead. He's, that's why in Hebrews it says, fix your eyes on Jesus, who is the author and perfecter of the faith. Yeah. Very cool. Awesome. Did we touch on all your, I mean, you, you had prepared for today, yeah? I, yeah, I think we've touched it. I we, mean, we've got a little more time. I mean, is there any other stories? Well, you know, we could, we could talk about the NBA Finals. I mean, you know, the Boston and Golden State, but, you know. I that, thought the Dodgers had it. Well, no, Dodgers are doing pretty darn good. They're first in the National League, so yeah. that's not bad. <laughs> I don't think people came for a sports show. I'm not that much an expert. Oh, yeah, well, I mean, if you know sports, I, I – Dodgers don't play basketball, I believe, right? Uh, no, they don't. <laughs> but uh, I, I, I'm like the biggest fool. I'll never forget working at my first real estate job. And um, the golden, what was it? The golden, what's the, what's the team out of San Francisco? Golden State Warriors. Golden State Warriors. And yeah. I've got, I heard they were doing well. And I know my boss was into basketball. I'm like, yeah, so the Golden State Warriors are playing tonight? And he goes... He goes, yeah, I'm like, cool, so we're rooting for them, right? They're a California team. And he goes, oh, you'd think they're California, but it's Oregon. And Because he, he knew I didn't know sports, so he's messing with me. <laughs> Later that night, I meet up with a group of guys that are all watching the game. And I'm like, yeah, how's Oregon doing? And they're like, Oregon's not playing? And I'm like, no, the Golden State Warriors, are the, they're Oregon. I, I know they're Oregon. I just talked to a guy about this. And they, all, everyone in the room looks up at me like, you really are an idiot when it comes to sports. <laughs> And they bear with me. See, there, there you go. We, we turned it. You can, you can make anything bear with one Oh, another. my gosh. I'm a fool when it comes to that stuff. I just, I, I don't know what it is. I just, I don't have a conviction to invest in knowing teams and players like some people do. And it, that's just, you know, my character, I guess. There you go. <laughs> and, and, and those of us who do like sports will bear with that. Yeah. Yeah, well, Michael, I'm glad we talked about this. And, you know, next week, um, you know, I, I, 
there, there's a, um, a one another thing of being patient with one another. So I want to get, I want to dig deep into what does patience look like? Oh, okay. So we're going to be talking about being patient with one another. Oh, that's, let's see. What's interesting is I thought we were going to get more into kind of that today. And that, so we'll just deep, dig deeper. Yes, we will. That's cool. Okay. Right on. Well, um, Relationship by the book at Outlook.com. If you guys have any questions, comments, want us to touch on anything, we're getting into the summer season. So it's. Um, I just thank you guys for continuing to listen and uh, support our podcast by just uh, subscribing and, and keeping up with us. So we will catch you next time. Thanks, Michael. Thanks, Eric. <laughs>